This is Lane to the Future, episode 13, brought to you by the Dayspace Podcast Network. This show was originally recorded for for Tricy Radio, the voice of Cuyahoga Community College. My name is David Moore. Joined once again with me is the one, the only, Jim Metzendorf, editor of the Grizzly Bear Egg Cafe. Welcome to the show, Jim. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you back on the show, especially after our wonderful discussion of Spider-Man 700. Man, that was a lot of fun, and I'm still angry. You're still angry? Oh, very. You still haven't read Avenging Spider-Man yet, though. No, I'm so angry. (laughs) I can't even move on. Ready for Wednesday. So probably, like, because this show will probably come out on Tuesday. Yeah. So tomorrow, that show, that, that... we start the Superior Spider-Man stuff that we have to supposedly, according to Dan Slott, be happier about. Well, he's my lord and savior, and I shall not want, except for Peter Parker back. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, well, well I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. I'm going to give it a decent shot because I have Faith a little bit somewhere down there. Faith Corpy of Geek Friday? Right. Yeah, she's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We know you know she's nice because yeah. you talked to her on your show. Yeah, she's at, the best. At one point, your old show. Anyway, we're going to discuss something that that we hesitate to discuss here on the show. But the truth is, we're trying to discuss the future here. It's the point of Lane to the Futures to discuss the future of things. We're going to talk about piracy, specifically, I'd say internet piracy. Yes, internet piracy, yeah. as opposed to uh, uh, overseas international piracy, <laughs> stealing gold and treasure, yes. Captain Hook. of the Caribbean, and yeah. uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, yeah, that, that, not that kind of piracy. We could go there, I guess. Theoretically, it's a possibility. Anyway, I piracy is this thing that that exists because people like things for free and they like to get things that they feel that they don't need to pay for I think sometimes and piracy leads to you know people being upset people who produce their own content people being upset that whatever they're making is stolen and I I think it's an interesting subject today because we're we're at a point in time where getting certain content is almost easier easier to pirate than to get through the actual companies when there's plenty of reasonable options that they could do but because they're stuck on these old models they refuse to change and move forward in in distributing content what do you think jim right well i think i think you you've touched on a lot of what kind of needs to be discussed surrounding piracy. I think I think overall what you can say about it is that digital piracy by and large I think stems from sense of entitlement. And that kind of comes from <clears throat> kind of comes from you know some some more in some cases I think genuine valid sense of entitlement, others maybe not so much. Um, We kind of live in a culture now where we want everything and we want it now. Yep. And we don't want to have to wait. And so there's that layer of it. 
and that's an that's a really important layer is is we feel like because because certain things and certain things only are so easy just to get you know when we want it how we want it when we want it mm-hmm. because like and we we discussed comic books in the last episode so I'm gonna use comic books as an example here is like digital comic books when I want them they're there and I can buy them the minute they're there and. I don't have to wait. I can buy it the minute I want it. And, you know, that's that, that changes it from, like, you know, years ago when you would have gone to have to have gone somewhere to get it. And you couldn't have got it where you're, you couldn't have got it on your couch. You know, that's right. the difference. And it sets up that, that, that idea that you pointed out that, that we need it now, now, now. Yes. Not, right. And, waiting waiting for things is is like this thing that we don't do anymore you know you get it you get it now and that's that's is what it's going to keep going back to right yeah exactly so there's there's that aspect of it but then there's and i say i would say that that the the culture of of impatience if we want to call it that is is not necessarily inherently bad nor is it inherently good it's just sort of it is what it is it's a, a in my opinion anyways kind of a a neutral thing but then the other side of of piracy is you know the fact that it is it is basically a way to get things that we would normally have to pay for for free right and so from that aspect of it, I think it's a little bit less less of a gray area, right? So you kind of have a situation there where if if I want if we talked about Amazing Spider-Man 700 last week, right? Um if I want to read Amazing Spider-Man 700 it's what's gonna... what's the likely what's the likelihood of getting caught downloading a copy for free that someone has scanned versus getting caught rolling up a copy of it at the comic book store and shoving it into my coat right right i mean if we want to if we want to call a spade a spade stealing is stealing whether whether you do it at a store or whether you're doing it with ones and zeros. Now, the big difference, obviously, is that one of them has a lot more obvious and likelihood of consequences than the other. I have a few friends who who work at a gas station, and I hang out with them because they work the night shift. So I just kind of like, you know, hang out in there, and I go... The ch- you see that guy in the back steal the bag of beef jerky. I don't know why everybody steals beef jerky from this gas station. Because beef jerky is expensive and it's delicious. <laughs> you know how many? <laughs> I hung out with them three nights, okay? Right? Mm-hmm. Three of those nights that I hung out with them, people actually stood in the back of the store where there's no cameras because there's only like one spot in the store where you can't see the cameras, right? Mm-hmm. They stood in the store, ate the bag of beef jerky, and put the bag of beef jerky down and walked out of the store. Wow. Like multiple times. Right. Like who does yeah. that? 
Right, I don't no. know that America's ba- gas stations are, actually, are exactly the bastions of uh, of virtuous behavior. But, I don't think you can. But the point is bacon. well taken. If I could pirate bacon or beef jerky, uh, you know, maybe I could get a maker bot. If you could get a maker bot for bacon and steal the steal the blueprints to make the perfect bacon, yeah, I think I'd I'd pirate that. I'd pirate bacon for sure. Right. No, but but it's the truth. It's like the cops grab those guys like. Two blocks later, mm-hmm. like if you were to pirate a movie, or uh, let's use the comic book example, right? If you were to steal it from the store, somebody's probably going to notice, right? But if you take that scanned copy, no cop is going to show up on your front doorstep. Like, we need that scanned copy of the Amazing Spider-Man seven hundred, like right now. Right, right. No, nobody does that. Yeah, it doesn't happen, and that's that's the difference. And when when we when we live in a world where we can get everything on the internet just you know on demand kind of stuff right it it seems like we should be able to get everything and then we get back to this thing where some people refuse to put their content in that format and i also like things that things that upset me about piracy and things that that irk me is like say i buy a movie at the store i buy you know a $30 Blu-ray, right? Because I really love that movie and I know that I want to own it, right? That Blu-ray doesn't go on my iPad, right? And that ultraviolet stuff that they say is the future digital movies doesn't really work, right? Okay? But I still feel like I'm entitled to owning that movie and I feel like that I have the right to take that with me on my iPad. And I still feel like... And these are the things that bother me and and I'm not saying that, that I have a solution to them, but these... These are the reasons I think people do pirate. Right. No, I, th- I think that's I think that's very true, and that speaks uh, speaks very well to um, kind of what I was getting at before, and and you as well with the idea of I think in a lot of cases you can make a pretty good justification for the sense of entitlement. So I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of it kind of is what it is, and and what that goes back to is is one of the very first things that you said when we started talking, which was sometimes piracy is committed simply because getting it legitimately is difficult, and that and that's the problem is why is that difficult? What what is what is the reasoning behind that? It's because they don't want to change their their old business models. I mean, that's that's it. It's 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 the argument. Uh, a show that both you and me both listen to is Scott Johnson is the morning stream. And yeah. and they, on recommendals, they were discussing this sort of the same thing. And they were talking about how they went to see The Hobbit. Now, I don't know if you've seen it or we'll talk about that a little bit if we get there. And one of them said, and I don't remember who it was, said that they would pay even more money just to watch that movie in their own home the same day of the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we are at this point in time where we do have really nice TVs with really nice theater systems, you know, like we have the capability to enjoy a movie at home as much as you enjoy it in the movie theater. Right. Even like that's, that's the other part is it's like, what's at one point going to the movie theater was like, that's the biggest screen ever. You know, it's in high definition, you know, it's better than most what everybody has at home. Right. But now you could have a, a, a theater chairs and a movie theater and like, why can't I pay a little bit extra to enjoy that movie at my house the day of? And that's it's another weird 
a weird thing that like I feel like that should be a thing at this point in time because of the way we 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 live, but it's not. Well, that's just the perfect example again of of an old way of doing things, an old business model driving people to commit piracy of of digital assets. It, movies are are a great example because if you think back back in the day the biggest TV that you might have at home was like 24, 24, 27 inches or something like that. You had mono or maybe you had stereo sound. You had a VCR, you know, VHS or maybe your old Betamax. Reproduction was not great. This is, this is years before high definition anything. But as technology has progressed, exactly as you said, you know, we don't have a 30-foot wide screen at home, but but we have a pretty darn good 42 or 52-inch high-definition television. A lot of people have surround halfway sound. decent surround systems at home. You can you can get a pretty decent experience. Now, that's this is kind of a side tangent, but this is one of the reasons why movie theaters have gotten so into pushing 3D and pushing uh, new sound reproduction formats is because those things really can't be duplicated or sufficiently replicated at home at, at this point. Uh, but we are getting closer to it. And yeah, I think the just the overall concept of like, you know, I don't want to go and deal with a bunch of people talking on their cell phones and you know, sticky floors from somebody pil- spilled their pop or whatever. Um, just let me watch it at, at home I'm, sort of thing. I mean, they're charging me $18 for a ticket to see it in HFR 3D or whatever. I'm like, well, you know, I won, I won free passes to that. But, I mean, I saw the prices, and I'm like, I can't buy that and pay that price to watch it on my Apple TV, just stream it to my TV. Right, my, my, like what? Right, what is this? Is, is this? And then that's that's how I seriously felt. Now, yeah, and and so what? What they would say probably is they are charging for an experience. So yeah, the ticket is eighteen dollars, but it's sort of the 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 premium of what they have to offer in terms of theater technology. Now, eh. what I hear you saying is that. Just let me pay even that same amount of money so I can watch it right now at home on my Apple TV. Or or anything, a Roku or whatever. Right, right. I mean, any, any streaming. You know, whatever, just at, at home. Right. And I think I think that's that's valid. And I can slowly see the industry starting to shift towards a, a simultaneous uh, in-home date with with some films. In fact, there's um I can't remember offhand unfortunately uh what it what it is, but I know that there's <coughs> I know that there's a title coming out a movie coming out uh relatively soon that it, it's not a big blockbuster or anything like that, but it's, you know, a a, a movie that's going to see you know, national or or international release. And it's actually going to be available on streaming the same day before it will gate. be 
uh, in the theater. I, like I said, I can't remember, but I think we may actually get there at some point, but it's going to take a number of years before that actually happens. And so I think, too, what all of this is really just saying is that's how that's how you curb piracy or one of the ways that you curb piracy is you make it easier for people to get what they want legitimately and this applies not only to to movies but tv shows music software you know stuff like that i think it all just kind of ties together in in tv one of the examples that people discussed for for quite a long time was the show game of thrones on hbo and so if you didn't have an hbo subscription you weren't able to watch game of thrones when it came out and you had to wait a long time before it came out on blu-ray or dvd or i think even longer after that to be able to purchase the episodes on itunes so a lot of people just kind of went well i don't want to wait nine months or a year forget it i'm just going to download this through BitTorrent or whatever because because that was the only way you're going to get caught up and that's see this is this is a fault on hbo's fault it's not it's not anybody else's fault honestly is why aren't you just accepting that you could release the show on itunes people can buy their season pass right make it reasonably priced because i think sometimes they're a little bit a little bit up there for what i'm paying for Mm -hmm. and guess what you're going to make plenty of money doing that plenty of people are going to do that and you're going to cut down on the amount of people who pirate it. And I seriously, seriously, seriously believe that is, is okay. So over the weekend, I got the most wonderful agreement that I've never even imagined that, that it could happen is mom decided that she wants to watch down to Abby. Okay. Mm-hmm. First season's the only one on Netflix. Season three starts on cable or whatever yesterday. And Season two is on Hulu Plus, right? And she goes, if you can get Hulu Plus working in my bedroom, we'll pay for Hulu Plus. And that is not a service that I have had at all, right, until mm-hmm. now. Immediately after signing up, si- go on, set it up on all the TVs, whatever. And I start realizing the amount of recent shows that are on Hulu, right? And if they could have every show on Hulu Plus... That is the secret to getting rid of cable. It, it honestly, it, you you have to charge us for these shows, and and that's that's the TV is my favorite reason to pirate is because is they don't make this easy to keep up with shows, easy to continue watching the show you like. Is you have to, half the shows are on demand on Cox. You have to have HBO subscriptions for shows. It's like. Can we can we make this somehow easier? Just just a little bit. Is is and, and I'm at the point where I and I'm a different kind of person is I don't really watch cable, but I am perfectly happy with Hulu Plus and Netflix streaming and having both and I would not need cable. Because anything else, the truth is is either I can pay for the season pass on iTunes or it's piratable. Because it's you're paying $80 for a cable bill for 1000 channels that you don't watch 
and 10 hundred shows that you don't watch you know and that's an, that's another point of it is it's like I would love to pay for just the stuff I like I honestly and the truth is I can't just pay for the stuff I like to pay for everything is is another part of it too right I, I think a lot of people have made have made the argument of just let me when it especially when it comes to consumption of movies and, and TV shows um, there's the idea of just let me pay for everything that I want to watch a la carte. So if I'm in the game, game of Thrones, I don't, I shouldn't have to pay for a cable subscription that gives me, you know, 10,000 sports ball networks and a bunch of, uh, you know, rowing channel and basket weaving channel and have to pay a full on HBO subscription when all I really want is just that one or, or a handful of shows. Let's use our comic book example here again, Jim. Imagine if Marvel said, you now have to purchase every Marvel book that we release, right? So you pay $180 a month to receive every single Marvel book that they release, right? But you only want Spider-Man, Iron Man, and whatever. Yeah. And four, right? Exactly. People would be outraged. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, think about it. That's that's the same the same concept, though. Right, and at, and at this point, I I agree with you, and it it is a good it it is a good analogy. Um, I think that that all I think the concept of a la carte really, though, only works up to up to a point. If you're a, if you're a heavy movie and TV watcher. If you did everything all a carte that you really wanted to watch, I think two things would end up happening. Number one, you'd either end up paying so much all a carte that it would actually exceed what you're currently paying in a cable subscription anyhow, which kind of defeats the purpose of all a carte. Or number two, it may actually cause you to reevaluate and think about, well, do I really need to watch you know, the next episode, the next season of Hoarders or whatever, or can I now live without that, or, you know, or, or whatever, whatever the show may be. Um, and now I think, I think you're onto this is, is there's a group of people who are at the point where if they were to pay for just the stuff they want, they'd actually be paying more than paying for everything that they are now. Right. Maybe I'm I'm the odd person where I am totally happy with my Netflix and Hulu, and there's the few other shows that I would willingly pay for on iTunes. Here's here's what I would propose. I watch, I watch three cable channels. All right, like that's yeah. it. Yeah. You know. Well, and and I'm not a particularly big TV watcher myself. There's only a handful of shows that I really feel compelled to tune into every week, and and more or less everything else I can kind of just take or leave. But in the perfect world, what I envision is that you do you do pay a monthly subscription for a bucket that has everything. Okay? So whether whether that's Hulu or Netflix or something else entirely that were to become created, um you pay a monthly fee, and for that monthly fee, you can watch 
whatever you want, whenever you want. But here's here's the catch too that I think drives people to to piracy as well, which is wherever you want. Right, because I can't watch my cable. I pay. What do we pay for the cable? Like a hundred and eighty with the phone and the internet and the you know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for most people, if they were just to have a cable subscription, you know, independent of their their internet access or, or VoIP telephone service, they're probably paying somewhere around fifty or sixty bucks at least just for the cable subscription. Right. And okay. And that's on not one including hand, HBO and Showtime. Right, right, right. And on one hand, okay, that's great because it gives me a ton of variety, and that's all fantastic. But Netflix. I can only watch it on the TV that my box is connected to, or if I want to have more than one box in the house, it's extra five dollars. Then it's an a extra a DVR charge. And well, which DVR do you want, sir or madam? Do you want the standard definition DVR? Do you want the HD DVR? And so it all just kind of snowballs from there. Here's here's what I would say is what if what if it existed to and this might be just fantasy land, but I'm just saying, like, what if there were a service that, yeah, it was thirty or forty dollars a month, but I again, you it. could watch anything you wanted in any room wherever on whatever device. Right. So if I'm at home laying in bed and I want to look at it on my iPad. No problem if I'm, you know, sitting in the waiting room at the doctor's office and I have my iPhone with me or my, you know, whatever phone. No problem. I can watch it there. It's all included as part of the deal. So I think it uh, just, again, goes back to the the concept of the easier you make it for people to get the content legitimately the chances of piracy or the 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 amount of piracy is reduced and i think it it could eventually get to a point to where you know if if content became so easy to get you know and so affordable then let's get it to that point and then you know, anybody who's still stealing after the the fact is pretty much a jerk. Right. I, last semester I took a statistics class, right? I didn't learn very much in this class, I'm going to be totally honest. The one thing I did learn is there's a point when selling things that if if you're selling cars, okay, and the price goes down low enough, you are going to sell a greater per- greater amount of cars that you're actually going to make more money than if you were to sell the car for more money because the amount of people who buy the car is actually more. Right? So you're actually profiting at a higher level. Right? So it's the same. It's it's another point of it is if it was so e- if it was cheaper, would more people have it? Would it, would it balance itself out? And that's, that's another weird point is is that going to stop piracy at a point where because you're paying so much you know you're paying a reasonable price you know $16 a month for Hulu and Netflix streaming which is like 90% of the content I watch right mm-hmm. is way cheaper than a $60 cable bill right like that's that's what I I'm, I'm confused right. about yeah 
is is are they losing money on that? No, obviously they wouldn't do it. There's got to be some sort of money somewhere going on. Hulu even shows us ads, which I don't understand. At and you know, I I have a hard time understanding why anybody pays for a cable bill except for like unless you watched everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't watch everything. And that's, you know, it's it's a, it's a weird it's a weird point that we need to start changing. And the, the show normally has a five years, 10 years and a hundred years from now. So if we were to jump five years in the future, Jim, what do you think is going to happen? I think, I think five years down the road, we'll start to see, we'll start to see more improvement in this direction. Uh, more, more people who are cord cutters, who are willing to, to legitimately pay, for things and and I think maybe one of the things that we're not really saying here yet that that we should say is that I don't think piracy really hurts the entertainment industry. I'm and, and I, 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 I could I could certainly catch a lot of flack for saying this because we might but be I, completely wrong, except the fact that they know they can't buy two cars, right? <laughs> instead of their one. No, I know where you're going with this, right? I, the the entertainment business has has done very little to demonstrate accurate numbers in terms of how much revenue how much profit is lost as the result of piracy because so honestly, i the think the truth is i don't think it's that much well i certainly don't think it's as nearly as much as what what they would like to have you believe um this is this is a side tangent but in in the case of of music piracy there's a woman uh by the name of Jamie Thomas okay who got sued for uh file sharing for illegally sharing songs through BitTorrent and i want to say it, it was something like 17 songs or or something like that I, I certainly know that it was it was under one hundred songs. Which is which when you think about that, if if it was that big of a deal, it doesn't sound like that big of a deal. Right. Right. So she she was illegally sharing songs and she was found guilty of this and the damages were in the millions of dollars. I, I really wish I had this in, in front of me to to be able to give you exact figures, but uh, less than a hundred songs, damages in in the millions. I mean, we're talking like three, five million dollars, or or something like that. I wish my memory were were a little bit better on it. And, let's, and let's pretend... it's just so it's just so disproportionate to what the damage would would realistically cause. So let's pretend there was twenty songs, just to make it an even yeah. number, right? Each of those songs is sold on iTunes for a buck, right? So how many people would it have to have been to be a million dollars? Is how many how many songs would it have to have been stolen? Right. I mean, let's, exactly. Like, 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 are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. And and, <laughs> and think so of, think about that. Apple takes thirty percent, right? So yeah. they take thirty cents. So it's only seventy cents that yeah. they're losing. And uh, that's see that's where it's weird. Yeah. I mean, you 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 make a perfect point there, Dave. And the other thing, too, is is I've seen numbers where, um. 
I think the movie studios or something said, oh, piracy has, you know, caused five five billion dollars of loss in in the industry or cost, you know, whatever. And they keep making movies and they keep making well, they keep making movies. But the, the point that I'm getting at with it is, is the number that they gave exceeded like the actual value of the industry. And and I'm not, you know, when I say these things, look, I I want to make it clear that I'm not I'm not personally advocating or condoning for that matter, um not paying for a movie no, I... or an album or a TV show. I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of what's what's the real damage of piracy. Let's be, you know, I think I think use here's here's the deal. I think users have to be honest with the entertainment business about the damages caused by piracy and I think the entertainment business needs to be honest with their users about right. the damages. And I don't think that that's happening really on either side of that now, equation. No, let's 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 look at it on their perspective, okay? How would they prove the amount of people who are actually stealing that movie? They can't. And then that's the truth, right? Right. There's no way to actually count the number of people who pirated the Amazing Spider-Man. There's no. there's no there's no way to do that. So on on their side is they just see the worst of it. Is they're stealing our stuff. Mm-hmm. And to them they think a lot of people are stealing their stuff. Right? Right. But the truth is, how many people actually did purchase their stuff, right? And and and, and how much money did they make off of that? that right. And that's the other side again. And and that's that's absolutely true. I and I don't even look at it from the standpoint of, well, you guys already made a lot of money, so screw you. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal this anyhow because I don't I don't no, think that's that's not. That's not it. I know that's not that's not what you're saying, and 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 that's not. I don't think that's the right attitude to have because but i think what and, and the other thing too is, is is i don't really i don't even necessarily believe in like accommodating people's bizarre senses of entitlement but that said let's just make it easier to get and i think you know going back to what's what's going to happen five years from now i think we're still going to be having the same conversation for the most part five years from now no, I but do. I think I we will be creeping a little bit closer towards the the uh I think some people have referred to it as like the disintermediation of uh cable subscriptions and you know access to movies and TV shows and and all of that stuff. No, I I think I think I think we're at this point in and and we do this show and and five years is normally like sometimes this really big jump is because a lot of industries do change in five years. You know? Our phones have changed more in the last ten years than anything, you know? And computers and tablets and all this stuff isn't is still consider I can still consider it new if we're talking about five years. Right. But when you look at look at this industry of entertainment and and things they're not changing they're not 
they're holding they're holding this thing back and saying that well they're they're certainly very slow to change and i think what they're trying to do is they're <laughs> they're trying so hard they're trying so hard to change as little as possible as slow as possible that from my perspective it's almost comical no, I agree with you. It's it's ridiculous how how little they they do anything, and, and and they did the same thing with VHS. Is they were concerned that, you know, commercials and things and VHSs and all that stuff is like, what are you guys? It, yeah. This is this is advancement in technology. Learn to deal with it. Right. And that and I, I sound like a jerk when I I feel like a jerk when I say deal with it, because I I hate to say that to anybody, but. But that's the truth is I feel like they need to figure this out is times are changing. And if they don't start changing, we're going to change the other thing before they've caught up. And that's right. the other thing is like if, if they haven't figured out how to get me to buy a Blu-ray and get it on my iPad and get it on my iPhone and watch my cable subscription anywhere else I go. Right. If they haven't figured that out. We're going to be at a point where that's not even the argument. I think before one before you know it. Right, yeah. And I think I think one of the things that that TV and movie creators can do is get rid of DRM. You mentioned ultra ultraviolet earlier in the episode. Yeah. What <laughs> I just laugh at everything. What time I, a terrible, terrible, half hearted piece of ham fisted piece of junk that's thrown out there by a couple of movie studios. As an attempt to placate people in terms of giving them what they really want. But it's, so, it's a lie. You know how many ultraviolet movies I've been able to figure out how to make work? None. I've got, I think I got Harry Potter like six to work on ultraviolet. Right. And that was it. It's, it's complicated. It's clunky. It's not universal. It's not easily portable. There's so much layer. There's so many layers of garbage and this is where we attached get... to trying to make this this work because the movie studios are terrified of releasing a uncopy protected piece of media the... well i got i got news for you movie studios the pirated stuff is Doesn't do is that. beautiful perfect quality and I can take it anywhere. And I can take it anywhere. Exactly. And, and so it's most... like you're not you're not suppressing piracy by wrapping your your movies in this weird DRM garbage. That you pretend like it's what we want, except the problem is it's not what we want. It's 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 still this broken thing of what we sort of want. All they're doing is making it more difficult for legitimate users. And this the same and, and, thing has and been that happening pushes the legitimate users towards piracy. Exactly. I I know so many instances where people who have you know are perfectly willing to spend the money on something turn to piracy because the legit way is a pain in the butt. And it happens not only in movies and music, but it happens with computer software too. It happens with everything. This is the point. We're there, in, a, in a world where if you don't give it the way I need it and the way it logically makes sense for me to have it, let, let's let's use Microsoft Office as a perfect example too, right? 
basically 90% of the way you can get a copy of that is on a disc, right? Except we're at the point where half of these computers, even, even older computers that are multiple years old, I mean, even before Apple decided that we're going to remove disk drives, right? There's computers that people had without disk drives, right? Right. I can't figure out a legitimate way to download Microsoft Office. To download. I, 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 you can't go to Microsoft Office and just download it. Well, that, and that's the thing. Like with, like, with Office, unless you purchase it legitimately, unless you purchase it digitally legit, which that does exist. Which is then, obviously more difficult than I think because I can't find it. Right. I've, I've legitimately tried. I mean, it, it exists and it's out there. But, like, if you're a person uh, – if you're a person who legitimately bought it on disc and for whatever ne- reason needs it digitally, then you can't really do that. I mean, at least to my knowledge, you can't really do that. If you bought it digitally, legit, then you're okay. okay if like- you bought it on disc and you can use the disc, great. But why? why not – why not embrace this concept of buy it once, get it however I want? So again, like the Blu-ray thing. When you bought, let's use let's use iLife because this is the this is the alternative here, right? Yep. Sort of. iLife 2011 went to the store, bought it on a disc, right? Soon as I upgrade my computer digitally to Mountain Lion, I have a license to all those copies of of those things, right? Right. And now I have that, and I says I own this. And I don't have to worry about it, and I can install a version of iLife on any Mac I've ever bought. And like, if I were to go buy an old used Mac at a store that just happened to have one, and it was, you know, iLife 2009 or whatever, there is absolutely no reason in the world that I couldn't just put 11 on there. I don't need a serial number. I don't need, and this is this is where certain people do the right things, and that's what drives me insane. Is why is that so easy? And then on the other hand, it's extremely complicated to do this. Mm-hmm. It, it, oh, look. You, all right. Here, here's here's a here's a problem I've got coming up here. Right, this semester I've got to take a, a graphic design course. Right, I have to buy the Creative Suite. I need it at home because I need to be able to be caught up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy that from Adobe. Right now, I'm going to purchase it on my computer that I have now. Right. But I'm also looking down the line to purchase a new computer, right? As far as I'm aware, once I downloaded and put that that $2,000 serial number into that computer, it is only going to be on that computer. And I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Because I really don't want to deal with Adobe customer support to argue that I have a legitimate purpose to put it on a different computer and get rid of it on the other one. And that's... I, I know I'm going to get into that argument because I know that you can only use those serials once because I've had to do it before, right? Well, I I think in the case of of Adobe in particular, I it's believe 2000- that there is I believe that there is a way to deactivate a machine and then reinstall on another. But why it's, do I have it's to not, do that? It's not easy, and so I I think overall with this. There, there's got to be some middle ground it's, that that can be that can be reached. Both of these are my computers. You know, it's not right. like it's a, another right. person. It's not like that's that's where I'm getting confused. Is is is, you know, and I'm pretty sure there's a way to do this. And I maybe I'm just I haven't figured it out. But there is a way to probably sync your iPhone to multiple computers that are yours. 
90% sure there's like a universal mode or something that I can turn on, right? But why isn't that just on? Why can't I just sync it with that my my little laptop that I have and sync it with my computer at my on my desk? Why is that not a thing? Because right. because the music industry and the movie and everybody who's connected to iTunes is scared that I'm going to steal stuff off my friends' computers, right? Yeah. Except guess what? There's a way to do that. It's stupid and it's a workaround, right? But that's a form of piracy mm-hmm. in its own. Yeah. And you know, I'm not saying that I've ever even done that. But the point is, why is that even such a fear? Because we can burn CDs, we can do this. Why can't you just make it less of a hassle? Because it's not it's going to happen one way or the other. And that's where I get in another weird point of piracy is, is I feel like it's doable and it's going to happen whether you like it or not. Why are you making it so much difficult to do things that are legitimate? And this is the point of, of me saying I have multiple computers. I want to sync my devices with my all my own computers, right? Mm-hmm. But the reason that I can't do that is because they're afraid that I'm going to do it with somebody else's computer, right? And that's that's where I'm I'm on a, on a fence. Yeah, and it, it it continues at things like that. Now, ten years from now, Jim, where do you think we're going with this? All of this. Well, I I think overall I am cautiously optimistic that things will get to where we want them to be. I think I think consumers cord cord cutters are are in a small but vocal minority at this point. And I think that that contingency of consumers is going to continue to grow. And then it's and, continuing to grow. Yeah, and it is quickly. And the voice is getting louder. And I think at some point, all of the content creators will have no choice but to start to respond to, to what cord cutters want, which is essentially let me legitimately get my stuff as easy as possible. No, I agree with you. Is in ten years, whether or not they want to do this in ten years or not, by then we will have moved further far enough to have pushed them to do something about it. Right. And the sad part is, it's really not that hard of a change. I really, I seriously believe that it is something that they just don't want to change. Is 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 something that they could change pretty easily. And maybe I'm wrong. And somebody is totally willing to correct me. I'd love to hear it. But in 10 years, I think we will, as consumers and as as the entertainment enjoyers, we will have demanded that they change. Yeah. And and that's that's it. I mean, that that's the is 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 they refuse to change. And I don't think I think if for whatever reason, the cord cutters we're somehow forced back into replugging their cords and our voices were somehow shunned out in 10 years. I don't think anything would have changed at all. Mm-hmm. I think, I think they would have just done nothing. Yep. And that's, that's the other weird part about it is like they, they say they're concerned about piracy yet. They don't, they don't say do anything about it except try to stop it. Except by stopping it, they mean shutting it down destroying it you know right charging people outrageous fines okay 
we 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 don't we don't po- pose an alternative to piracy, and that's that's another weird. All for the most part, all they've done up to this point is try to treat symptoms rather than a cure for the cause. To to borrow from from medical parlance, you know, we talk about you know all of the pills out on the market today to treat symptoms but not using medicine to prevent something or other things beyond medicine to prevent something from happening. I think that's that's what's going on in, in the entertainment industry and, and the software industry. But I think eventually the cries will have to be responded to. Look, I want I want the Mac App Store to be this thing that has everything in it because I love the way it works, right? Right. Except Apple decides that we're going to sandbox it, right? Which right. Pushes developers and people who make software that requires that to not be a thing away from it, right? Except now that's hurting me. That's not. That's not hurting Apple. That's not hurting the comp. That oh, it is hurting the company that wants to put their software in the App Store, right? And and it's like, I don't. I don't understand. I mean, I understand why Apple might do that, and I. I, I kind of feel a reason, right? I I I am one of those who people who believe if I could buy the Adobe Creative Suite in the Mac App Store, because then I would feel like I was comfortably able to install that license on multiple computers because they have enough confidence in me to agree that I'm not going to do anything wrong because right. I'm not. <laughs> it's my computers. I can do with what the with what my I can do what I want with my own computers, mm-hmm. and that's why. Why is it? Why do we have to do this to the people who enjoy your software and your movies and your music and your apps and whatever? I think it's the perfect perfect example of the growing pains of this evolution. Uh, the App Store from from Apple is a, is a terrific example of of an idea that that sounds great on paper and in practice works pretty pretty well but it has some <laughs> it has some drawbacks to it so the in in the particular case with with the app store what's great about it is it it makes it easy to purchase something once on the app store and you can download it to any of the machines that you own and you don't have to worry about serial numbers or still having an original disk you don't have to go to 10 different sources to get 10 different pieces of software it's all in one location i rebooted i rebooted my mac the other day just just cleaned it up whatever right you know what i had to do to put all my apps back on the computer click down the list right just done done everything was back and yep. it's like you know the last time i did this i had to put final cut in i had to put a serial number in i had to do like 900 steps and it's like why didn't why is this wonderful now and then i realized the two pieces of software you know that aren't like that and i just was upset and right. angry at those two pieces of software right so it's a it's a model that that's a great concept and it's it gets us most of the way to what we want software wise i think but like you said the whole issue with sandboxing is an issue so for for those of you who who don't know um the way the, the way the app store works is that if your if your application 
needs to do certain functions or, or basically has to dig its claws into the operating system, into the file system in a certain way, Apple doesn't allow apps of that type in the App Store. So the the, the classic example of it is uh, drive drive maintenance and backup type software. Uh, one of the most popular backup programs for uh, for the Mac is called Super Duper, and it lets you back up your your hard drive, make a bootable clone of it. Great software, been around for years, super reliable. I love it. Isn't Super Duper free? Or am I wrong? Uh, there, you can use it for free, or you can pay for for a license. Uh, the license version gives you gives you additional features. But see uh, how much a nice a free version would be in the App Store? Oh no, we can't do that. Right. I mean, that would be awesome. You know, people would be able to back up their stuff, and there would be less data loss in the world, and that universally, I think, is a good thing. But it works in such a way that Apple doesn't allow a program of that type in the Apple Store in the App Store. Um, so, you know, I, I hate to, to make this like a big, you know, wine fest. No, I hate, I because hate I think we have to, we have to look at the positive aspects here is there's and a the start. app store, the app store, I think is a great start, definitely room for improvement, but if we can get more industries into a similar model, then that's a big, that's a big step. No, the reason I bring up the app store and iTunes is because the truth is in my opinion, and this is totally my opinion, that is the closest thing to a universal experience. Yes. I had to embrace an iPhone and an iPad and a Mac, right? Okay, great. Now I have those three things that are meant to work together, but the way that all this works together is the way I want everything to work together is I don't, I I don't want to be limited to an iPhone to make iTunes and everything work together. Right. I, I, that's not what I want. The point is, that's how it works right now. Yeah. And if if that's the model, that's the model that needs to work with everything. And that's that's why I brought it up, yeah, you know, honestly. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And, and I just look at it from the standpoint of, again, like in, in the perfect world, if I bought a movie from a legitimate source, you know, let's say I buy The Avengers on Blu-ray. Or whatever movie, it doesn't matter. But how awesome would it be if there were a way to buy that on Blu-ray so I can list, you know, watch it in my ultimate home theater, and I can watch it on any portable device that I also might own. And that doesn't I've... mean just my iPhone or just my iPad. But what if I had, what if I had an Android device or a whatever a thing? Windows, whatever. Right. You know, let's. Well, let's just make it universal, and it works on anything. Let's let's pretend that I bought. Let's use the Avengers, right? What you want, and this is what I want, is that copy to automatically connect to my PlayStation account. So therefore, it's on my PS3. I want it to be in my iTunes account, so it's on my iDevices, and I want it in just a file format that I can put anywhere on anything because that's how it should work. Yep. And that's that's how piracy works. Right. Because I can convert that into anything I want. Yes, that is an extra step, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be. And that's the point. Full circle. All right, so 100 years from now. 100 years from now. Piracy in 100 years. Piracy, I think everything is available on the in the cloud. 100 years from now, we pay 
uh, a life tariff, <laughs> a life tax uh, to be able to access media content, and it's automatically deb- debited from our, you know, our, our bank accounts, cards. our brain cards, and we can access whatever we want whenever we want. And it's the utopia of saturated, you know, being saturated with content. So we'll finally have attached basically, basically the concept here. And, and this is how I, I feel we need to figure out is everything I own is attached to my social security number. Now that sounds like a secure, like a security issue right now. Right. But yeah, basically that's the same equivalence of having an iTunes account. Right. Yeah. So I need a universal account. Right. That works with everything. Yep. And that's it. Yeah. And in 100 years, I honestly believe we can figure that out. There's got to be a way to figure that out. Um, like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think we'll get there. In 100 and, – and, 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 and I always take the jump on the gun of this and say that 100 years from now, it will work the way I want it to. That <laughs> that That – or I take the other route, which is I say it'll become even worse and scarier than it is now. And I, I think I discussed that with food. Right. And I think yeah. I think I said that that the food is just gonna be nothing. But it's cubes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and that that's you know that's where we're going there. Protein protein shakes, meat cubes. Let's look. Let's look at the 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 horrible possible hundred years from now. Um, we have. 50 more accounts and 50 more different devices, yet we're still using <laughs> iTunes and 50 other things oh God. because that's the actual possibility. That's worse than Mad Max or Waterworld or Blade Runner or... No, but I'm serious. Like, yeah. Let's look at this. Like, If, if this were to continue, yeah. I'll have 1,000 accounts in Google because that's how Google works at this point. Because at one point you were allowed, and I bring this up multiple times, one point when you made a YouTube account, you could attach multiple YouTube channels to the same email address. This is before right. Google, right? Yeah. Google comes in, buys it, it stays the same for a relatively normal amount of time, right? Then they demand that you attach a Google account to everything. Now, the Google account cannot have the same email for multiple Google accounts, right? So now I have three Google Plus accounts <laughs> <laughs> that are all me. Right, and, and, yeah. Yep. And I and I didn't sign up for those because you you automatically have a Google Plus account, right? Basically, that that's wonderful. That's you know that's what keeps me away from Google and Google Plus. Honestly, that's a whole other story though. No, I I that is the scariest possible bit of piracy is that we will have been forced into the point of using BitTorrent because based on the amount of accounts and subscriptions and things that we've accumulated in a hundred years from now. We'll be stuck. If, if you have this this dream of having it on everything, it'll be more than impossible, right? Yeah. Because because let's just, just pretend. And then I, th- I don't. I think we did mobile computing. Yeah, we did two episodes ago, and we talked about like wearable technology. Let's just pretend that that wearable technology has a whole nother account. It's not made by Apple. It's not made by Google. So it's not yeah. Android or iOS. It's not Windows. It's something completely different, right? Mm-hmm. Let me throw this. Let what, me throw this out. What happens to everything that I've accumulated to this point? Let me let me throw this out to you. Is is I hope that in a hundred years from now we don't have three or four companies no, this is... whose ecosystems you have to choose from. 
No, I agree. My hope would be that there's some level of universality to all of this stuff. And we no longer have to worry about it. Um, no, I, 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 that's that's what I meant by the social security yeah. number attached media content. Basically, no matter what I had accumulated over the last hundred years, if I'm alive, right, I just have it all in one place, and it's all attached to me. My DVDs, my VHSs, my my tape cassettes. Who cares? Yep. My vinyl, right? Yep. I'm with you. Now this, we're running out of time here, Jim. Is there anything that you want to tell the listeners, anything you want to plug before I wrap this up? Be sure to drink your Ovaltine. Okay. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Jay Metzendorf, J-M-E-T-Z-E-N-D-O-R-F. This show was brought to you by the Day Space Podcast Network. It was originally recorded for Tri-C Radio, the voice of Cuyahoga Community College. My name is David Moore. You can find my stuff on Twitter at Day Space. That's D-A-C-E-S-P-A-C-E. You can also find all our shows on iTunes by searching that, and you can also go to dayspace.com. I hope to see you guys again. This was Lane to the, Ep- Lane to the Future, episode 13. Yeah!